JM and the AM with us is Joshua Cooper. Uh, Joshua Cooper from the uh, Leo Nevis Human Rights Task Force, an advocacy group of distinguished citizens knowledgeable and vitally concerned about international human rights and the role of the U.N. and the U.S. in protecting those rights. It is a pleasure to welcome you to JM and the AM. Good morning. Aloha. It's nice to be here. How long have you been with the U.N.? I've actually been there for uh, 15 years now. Wow. And as I said to you off the air, when it comes to the issue of human rights, this audience is uh, always skeptical about what the U.N. does or has to say, so I figured we'd have an opportunity to speak about that this morning. Um, it, it seems, and again, to the casual observer, that when it comes to uh, different human rights violations around the world, whether it's the treatment of women uh, or others in so many different types of situations, that often the U.N. is silent. And when it comes to more democratic countries and mistakes or maybe misimpressions or whatever word you want to use that they may be involved with, that they're much more active. How would you respond to that whole? Well, actually, I'm here this week. Uh participating in two things, the Open Working Group on Sustainable Development Goals that's looking for the new future for all countries, and also here for the UN World Conference on Indigenous Peoples. Okay. So that's actually looking at the people who have been marginalized for centuries, whose ways of life have been destroyed with colonization, and then more importantly looking at what's the ways to move forward. So there's a declaration on the rights of indigenous peoples, and that's been a tool then to work toward trying to come up with ways that people can be on a path towards peace. So if you're looking at probably some of the worst conditions in the world and you look at indigenous peoples who have survived centuries of colonization coming forward and saying we want to use not only direct action but diplomacy and dialogue to move forward, you can actually see that it is a positive place where things can be worked out. So it's been an amazing week. There will actually be a world conference on September 22nd and 23rd, but still many countries are a little concerned about the past and not sure if they want to bring everything up. So it is amazing to see what would happen just yesterday. There actually is language for a zero draft, and there actually will be a giant conference September 22nd and 23rd here. Right, so. but, but the countries are not just concerned about the past and that being brought up. I'm more concerned that certain countries need to bring up what's happening at the present and how they are you know, have not adjusted to the way the world operates in 2014 and are not making the necessary changes to really bring the start of human rights and freedom to their citizens. Well, I think there's one good mechanism that I've been involved with directly. is the, It's called the Universal Periodic Review, and every country is being reviewed equally. And I'm actually the co-chair for the U.S. Human Rights Network, and I'm leading the talk here. And the idea of the UPR is that every country should have their human rights record reviewed, and more importantly, it starts with the people in the country to make sure their voice is heard in societies where they're not allowed to. So the exciting thing what we've been able to do so far is for some reason, every country's participated for the first time ever. Every U.N. nation. Every U.N. nation. So the UPR is great that way. And what it is is most people are always focusing on what's Wall Street doing today and not thinking about what we want out of the world and what we can do to do that. And with the Universal Periodic Review, I'm actually organizing tomorrow in Boston. We're doing a Universal Periodic Review consultation. Next week, I'm doing one with youth in Washington, D.C., about what youth want in this country. And then at the end, we're in San Francisco with educators. Like, what do we need to teach? Human rights education, would that be valuable to have that preventative approach in education? So I'm an educator. I actually teach at the University of Hawaii as well. And my thing is, you know, showing the next generation what they can possibly do and how to participate. Joshua Cooper is here. Uh, Can you reveal a country that hasn't done well in that review uh, in the past? I don't want to ask you who won't do all this time around. That wouldn't be fair. No, diplomacy. I mean... The interesting thing is, uh, I can say something, is because I was helping out the last time. Actually, the United States had the most recommendations, 228. 
But the really good thing about about, the, about U.S. and about their the issues, U.S. and their issues, and the way they behave with right. human rights. And the good news though is, if you you look beyond just the 228, I know because we actually met with people around the country. Right. There were concerns that people in the country had that they wrote and brought up. So you know. That's the story is that people actually were involved in democracy, talking about what's going on and saying what they want next. So that was the exciting part. And then now, of course, is how do we make those changes and how do we improve? So it's just a, every four and a half years a conversation in our community all the way to the country level of what can we do better and what do people want. And that's really what democracy should be. The scary part is, you know, we don't have enough people participating in democracy and everybody's just focusing on trying to survive and looking yeah. at other things or being distracted yeah. by... But, but it does seem like tens of countries find it irrelevant, the review. Like, they're not really concerned about how they do or don't do during that review, right? That's exciting. Uh, one thing we did do was, you know, every country's being reviewed. So for China, we worked with the Uyghurs and the Tibetans and put their issue front and center right. for 48 hours, which would have never been the case. And we actually brought people whose rights were being impacted to the UN to speak for themselves. So... This UPR actually provides a three-and-a-half-hour review for every country, and it's webcast. So that's something new. No one sees their country grilled before and sees their voice being brought forward. So it's an exciting process, and it's small, but, you know, it's not a world court of human rights, but it's a beginning drop. It's some of the things that Truman talked about at the end when they created the U.N. Charter in 1945 in San Francisco. Um uh, Joshua Cooper is here talking about uh, human rights and the United Nations. Um, I mentioned to you that this audience is very concerned about Israel and the way that it's, uh, it sometimes seems to be treated on this issue of human rights. Uh, from your perspective, are they being treated unfairly, differently? Are they subject to the same reviews, conditions, and suggestions as any other country would be? You know, I think if you really look at the UN and you follow the Human Rights Council and different things, that was a new body that was created. Uh, that's an example of the U.S. not engaging. When we didn't engage and actually let the membership go from the commission on 54 down to 47 right. in the Human Rights Council, right. we gave us certain seats. And now a majority of people can vote anywhere in the world, of course, if you go with that, and could bring issues forward. So Israel was brought up a lot of times because of the vote that could be done. Right. And sometimes Israel took actions on the opening day of a council meeting, which isn't a good plan. You know, so it's both sides. You know, if I was they were a little the overly PR aggressive <laughs> on on a day of an opening of a council right. session, so I was just like, really, you did it any other day? Well, no one would have been in what, Geneva. They anticipated what might have happened. Right. You know, so I was like, today of all the days, organize another day for that action. So that happened, and that did bring up a special session that didn't have to be, but right. when you do it on that day, so well, that we agree on. Uh, you work closely with Amnesty International. I do actually. I'm on their. Uh, I'm the co-chair and organizer, the legislative coordinator for Hawaii. Are they doing different work than your organization or yeah, expanded actually, work? Yeah, I wear or? a lot of hats, actually. I'm fortunate. Uh, Amnesty, I'm their legislative coordinator and then the area coordinator for Hawaii. Amnesty is doing a really good job now focusing on domestic issues. They're going to be looking even at gun violence in the United States in the future. And uh, So they're expanding their scope. Yeah. And I think that's positive. That they also, I was fortunate enough to be the one that wrote a resolution at just the Hawaii level that then went to the Los Angeles and then went to the national. And we even created a task force on indigenous people that connected environment and human rights issues and looked at protecting the earth and looking at, in a lot of places, the people who are trying to stand up for the environment are usually living in a community where they don't respect human rights either. So the environment's destroyed, and there's people who stand up for that are also lives are threatened. Well, I really appreciate you joining us this morning. If human rights is the goal, then one, one, one must certainly recognize the work you're doing. 
Thank Aloha. you, Joshua Cooper. It's a and Aloha to, to you. you. Great meeting you. See Thank you, you. See you in Honolulu, as they say. Hopefully. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. 